know Your ass better call somebody Research and development Putting in the man hours to study the science of what you need Last week we put liquid paper on a bee And it died Become best friends. Yep. Can I tell you something though? You're getting angry. I love you. Yeah, you big guy. Oh, welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of the 40 Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. So much content out there. Most of it really good from Destination Debbie, right? All the good stuff comes from Destination Debbie. But you had so many other choices, man. All these other platforms out there, and you chose us. Thank you. Thank you for hitting the play button. You guys are what makes the show. But without further ado, man, let me introduce my my co-host, the star of the show. <laughs> he loves when I do this. Adam, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing well. Oh, Mike, we're back, man. It feels like we've been doing this for forever, even though we actually just started this this calendar year. Yeah. Let me say this. I hopped into a new Discord, Mike, and as I hop in, I see a comment not very far above me hopping in. It says, I love the 40 chess show, except for when Adam says Dynasty Degenerates 50 times and says <laughs> listen 50 times. So Dynasty Degenerates, I'm going to try to cut down on the amount of time I say that for you. But I can't promise anything, because this is what I do. <laughs> I feel like I should say it now, too. Listen. <laughs> Listen, Dynasty Degenerates. Uh, Listen, Dynasty Degenerates. If you're not tapped into the newsletter, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so, go down to the description of the show. Click on the newsletter. Sign up. Get free. Free. F-R-E-E free pertinent information to everything you want to do in the fantasy space betting dfs over under prize picks prop bets dynasty redraft injury updates lineup decisions doesn't matter we have it all and it's delivered right to your email your inbox every friday it's always there and there's so much good stuff there from all the destination Devi team i can't stress it enough down in the description but adam with that out of the way me begging the dynasty degenerates to go sign up for the newsletter we got a topic to talk well, about well about before today, we do buddy. that man it sounds you know what it sounds like it sounds an awful lot like back when you thought maybe amazon was this stupid little book company right <laughs> now yes. destination Devi's bringing everything you could possibly want right to your door and all you have to do is press the button in one place the newsletter go tap in Free ninety nine. It's something crazy too. If you would have invested in Amazon back in ninety six, I think when it went public, somewhere around there, you put a thousand bucks in, you'd be sitting on millions today. Millions. Let's just say every dynasty league you ever would want to play in for the rest of the time would be paid for. And yeah. some. <laughs> you might even uh, be able to go watch all those games live, right? <laughs> sitting in the box seats, every single one. With but a private jet back and forth. Yep. Adam, tonight's topic, and I think it's a really pertinent one because we're, you know, we're going to be heading into week 10 here. We only got a couple weeks until the playoffs started. I believe it or not, like most leagues are, what, three, four weeks away? Most most playoffs start week 14, 15. So here we are, man. Yeah, week we're 15 right starts the playoffs it. for most leagues. 
we are right up against it. So we're going to talk about dynasty timing and what we mean by dynasty timing. When's the right time to buy draft picks? When's the right time to sell draft picks? When's the right time to buy players? And when is the right time to sell those players? So for you and I, Adam, I think one of the big things that always stands out for us is we've talked about it before on this show. We have talked about the whole redraft mindset, right? So when we were talking about startup drafts, like how you see the swings in ADPs from the young prospects, those young like Traylon Burks and the Drake Londons, right? Every Everybody loves them in Dynasty, it seems, in like till right up about August. <laughs> and then the old vets come back and all the redraft players come back and you see these wild swings in ADP. What are we looking at right now heading into the back part of the season for a lot of these teams? Where are we at in Dynasty value? What is valued the most? What is valued the least? What are we going to be doing with draft picks or what are we going to be doing with some of these players is it a, is it a bull market is it a bear market it's a good time to buy good time to sell let's fill in some of the dynasty degenerates i'll take the heat for you buddy <laughs> on what to do going forward yeah man i think you know right now listen the dynasty clock as i like to call it is one of the most interesting things because it's honestly if you think about like a clock really measures 24 hours, right? But if you look at more like a calendar, right? Like a calendar measures a whole year. And what's funny is right now for the large majority of humans is what it's always about right now. Right. And what I want you to think of that is today is November 8th when we're recording this show, right? It's going to hit you Saturday. The right now is what is going to help me win games to make my playoff spot more secure, to earn me a buy, and ultimately win me a fantasy championship. What does that mean? What does that mean for you? If you're a contender and you haven't moved your picks, you've had liquidity to backfill, which is nice. But what the problem is, is the first round picks are at an all-time low for 23 because of how crazy valued 23 has been for a long time, right? Now, you can find the right person in your in your league to move the pick to, and you can get a piece if you want to push your chips in. You can still do that. But understand that the picks now, as we get further along, don't carry as much weight, even though they still carry some weight. But especially, right, players that were youthful. If you think about, go back to last summer, right? If you go back to the summer, this is just a few months ago, Drake London was somebody that you would have had to pay, man, you'd be paying basically child support for the rest of your life if you had Drake London. Like, you are going to be on the hook for what you spent forever. Drake London, now because he's not smashing and putting points per game up, still a valuable asset, but his value has cratered. Brees Hall, injured. Value has cratered. Javante Williams, Trey Lance. All these guys' value has gone down. Kenneth Walker, vice versa. Someone in the summer that everyone was... For the most part, now if you listen to this show, you know we weren't down on Kenneth Walker, but couldn't be us. <laughs> you see, Kenneth Walker was someone that was the third running back on his depth chart. This is a bad football team. Why would you ever want players like this yeah. that don't catch passes? If you go to keep trade cut today, the RB one, a top nine player in superflex on keep trade cut. All this to say what the clock basically right now is telling you. Everything that's going to help you win today 
cost way more than it did back when we weren't caring about the playoffs in the summer. And that that mindset, I think, is ultimately what's going to kind of give you a circle on this conversation, how the clock goes. But, Mike, I mean, the players that smash are up and the pick values and the youthful pieces that aren't killing points per game, those are down. Well, a great example, man. We had so many questions from Patreons on Twitter, on our AMAs, everything that we do in content about one Saquon Barkley. And we've had these questions for months, for months, Adam. And what was the one thing we were telling people, man? Like back in July, August, people are like, I, I'm, I'm a rebuilder. I got to get off Saquon. Nobody wants to buy him. Nobody's giving me a first. Nobody wants to do this. You know, the, the bad taste of Saquon was in people's mouths. And you're looking at an older running back. You're looking at a running back coming off injury injuries, in, uh, multiple injuries. The problem was, at the time, like, what is everybody interested in, right? Drake London. We want Drake London. We want Traylon Burks. We want this. We want that. We want these youthful pieces that we feel good about. And what did we tell everybody? Just have some patience, man. Just have some patience. Saquon comes back and smashes week one. People will be more intrigued. Now, they won't be fully invested, but he comes back and he does it in week two, or he does it in week three, he does it in week four, he does it in week five. Pretty soon people are going to be like, Saquon is back. And rightfully so, Saquon is back. He is damn good. But that's the time you sell, right, Adam? When that when the points are getting put on the fucking field, and people are seeing him score 20 fantasy points a week, they're going, you know what? I do want to buy Saquon Barkley. All those offers I sent Joe Blow, those were trash. I was way too low. Here, take two first. I want Saquon Barkley in my lineup today. And anybody who panicked or was really worried about selling him, and, and they did it in July or August, and they were taking less than a first, a couple seconds, a second and a throw-in piece, like you have to almost be sick to your stomach. But it's not just because of Saquon. Like we, we, We're not predicting the weather here, man. We, we didn't get anything right. You know, Saquon could have been ass, and and we could have very easily been wrong. But the dynasty timing, the dynasty clock that you're talking about, it doesn't change from year to year, Adam. It's pretty much the same in its cycles. Like at this time, these are usually worth more. And at this time, these are usually worth less. The same thing is true. Like if we just break it down, it was draft picks and youthful players were all the rage throughout the summer. And then the redrafters come back and you see those guys climb up. The old guys climb up ADP because shit, I got to start putting points in my lineup. And then some of the guys that we had questions about now performing on the field and those questions go away. What happens? Their value goes up because people want those points in your lineup. And all of a sudden those youthful pieces start to decline a little bit, right? We start to get some question marks. It doesn't change, man. And, and we are in prime time right now <laughs> heading into week 10 for people with contending rosters to go like, these picks don't mean a lot to me, man. I'm looking at the dollar signs here in four, five, six weeks. Like, this is what I want. I am in a position to win my league. Let me solidify it and let me send those picks away. So if you're in a position to buy those picks, knowing that they're discounted, like you're talking about their lowest value, man, you can get some crazy deals done when you're sending away t- pieces that aren't going to be integral to your success within the next two to three years and get a discount on draft picks. 
The reason that's so important, Adam, is because you're talking about him being at an all-time low. What happens the minute the season's over? Well, don't those don't those picks start to go up? Well, the, and and that's that's basically dynasty degenerates. Let me say it because I'm not going to not say it because someone bullied <laughs> me out of it. You know, dynasty degenerates. Here's the thing: when you think about it, it's all essentially youthful and picks. That dominates conversation for the calendar year at the majority because of why. That's all the time when football's not being played. When football is being played and when the hype really peaks right before football's about to be played, mid-August, early August, late August, somewhere in there, depending on your specific league, is when you will notice the longer you play that it's almost like if you're playing chess since it's 40 chess, right? You hit the thing on the right. Clock. Clock's on. Your move. Once that thing is hit and the clock is on for the season, you will notice the pendulum shift. Outside of that, once football's done being played, so once the fantasy football championship is over, you'll have a little residual playoffs of the NFL where you might have a window to trade off assets that have been really killing it for the season. Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. There you go. Whoever's in the playoffs and looking great, like last year when Gabe Davis had that great week, right? Cam Akers. Two years ago. Cam Akers, two years ago. Yep, exactly. Same wavelength, buddy. Mike, even Cam Akers this year. Cam Akers went back in the playoffs and had that game versus Arizona. You're you're very right. Like, oh, shit, he's back from the Achilles. Like, we'll give him a pass, you know, the whole thing. One game. Yep. One game he came back, took all those carries, laid out Buda Baker, and you saw a serious rise in value from Cam Akers, right? Yes, sir. And then, obviously, it fell back because of what happened versus Cincinnati and, you know, weeks before that with Tampa and all that. But point is, you have that last window of football when fantasy football is over where you might be able to pivot off of the aging assets that just won people leagues and are really fresh in people's minds of, okay, Travis Kelsey is unreal. This guy is unreal, right? You have... You know, Derrick Henry is just a tank. You can't tackle him, right? Those type of assets, you can move at peak point still for maybe that playoffs of the NFL playoffs. Once that is officially over, what happens? Because everybody wants to go back to what I said before. Everybody wants to go back to the right here, right now. Right here, right now, football is not going to be played until September again. So what's right here, right now? Let's look at the combine. Let's look at the rookies. Let's look at the draft pick. Let's talk about 23. Let's talk about how I'm going to get my team younger and be this monster dominant team for five years. Everybody then moves to what? Youth. And I think that ultimately is something you got to keep in mind. Once that last Super Bowl game has been played, the window of trading away aging assets for value goes straight to the ground. So last year, for example, let's let's think about in the spring and in the summer. Let's use Travis Kelsey as an example. Travis Kelsey was he's about to cliff. Let's look at let's look at the tight ends, right? Let's look at the greatest tight ends ever. Let, let's talk about how they have done historically. Yeah, yeah. Right? Let's talk about how they've done historically. Oh man. Travis Kelsey's already past that point. This is your time to move him because guess what? We got Kyle Pitts coming in. Kyle Pitts is coming in. This guy's, you know, coming off a yep. thousand yard season. He's going to take over tight end one. Turns out we were dead wrong. And what was a lot of that based off of? An age and a one number 
Travis Kelsey's 32. Kyle Pitts is 21. And when you get to the season, Cooper Cup's a great example too, Mike, right? We, we On the trade show last week, we talked about how he's one of the most fascinating assets in Dynasty all offseason. You couldn't trade that guy for a bunch of picks and pieces. But Shit, I could barely get a first for my Cooper Cup shares at the end of last season, heading into this year. He, But he's so fascinating because you couldn't do that, yet you saw in ADP he was still in the second round. Like Yes. It, he, this speaks to the dynasty timing and how, like right now on a contender, you're going to have to pull Cooper Cup away from their cold, dead hands. You would have to send them something <laughs> so crazy you, you can't get them off their team. And I think that ultimately is all part of, you know, how different it is during the fantasy football time when people are playing football games versus when they're not. And all we have to do is talk about hypotheticals and theoretical stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're part of this industry too, right? Like the dynasty content space. Like what are we going to talk about? You know, come the end of January, we might talk about, you know, what happened in the playoff game or, you know, Super Bowl, just lighthearted stuff. But if it's actually related to Dynasty football, are we going to go back and recap what happened in week 14? Fuck no. No one cares. It's over. What are we looking forward to? What you need to do. These are the rookies that you need to be aware of. This is what may happen at the combine. Let's do some mock drafts. Let's look at ADP. Where's the Dynasty community valuing these rookies? Malik Willis might go 102. (laughs) This is the thing, man. We're always talking about hypotheticals, right? I I always call it conjecture season. Right. From from pretty much like the mid part of January, Adam up and through up until September till the actual games kick off, we are in nothing but conjecture season. Even the preseason is just conjecture, man. Like, oh, this guy looked good. Little do we know he's playing against like guys who are going to be bagging groceries in a few weeks, right? He's going to be playing against guys who are going to struggle to make the USFL. No shot against them, man. Anybody who can chase their dream, congratulations to him. But let's be realistic. Some of these rookies or some of these undrafted guys who look good in the preseason, you see them in actual real NFL games come September, and they look fucking horrible, and they're not doing anything, Right. This is no shot against Malik Willis, man. I hope Malik Willis becomes a thing. Like, I think he has talent, and I still believe in him. But, Adam, how did Malik Willis look in the preseason, right? We're like, oh, shit. Like, you should probably go get this guy. You should probably trade a second. Go get Malik Willis. If you traded a second what got Malik Willis after the last two games that you saw him play, how do you feel right now? Like, you have to be scared shitless. And what is it? Malik Willis is playing against mostly backups in the preseason. Malik Willis is playing against, if he was playing against vets or established vets, like, do you really think they give a shit? (laughs) Like, nah, man, I'm just trying to get out of this game without getting hurt. You know, I'm not fighting for a job. I'm established. Let me just kind of go through the motions. Please don't hit my fucking knees. I just want to get out of here. Let's get to the real thing where I actually get paid real money and where people are actually going to be talking about how great I am when I make plays in real games and we're getting real wins and losses. So, it's no different for us. It's no different for NFL players, right? The whole timing, it's about we're going to be looking to the future as soon as like the mid part, the early part of January, as soon as these fantasy playoffs are over and everybody shifts gears. And what are we going to shift gears to? Exactly. We're going to swift to young players, like the guys going into their second and third years. We're going to shift to those guys 
who are about to enter the NFL in draft picks. And no coincidence, the value of those picks all of a sudden starts this whole uphill climb, just like the old, uh, 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 what is it, Price is Right game with the yodeler on the mountain, yodeling, (laughs) just going up, going up. And Adam, for me, it always seems like from that time up until and just a little bit past the NFL draft, generally and towards your rookie draft. Now, some people have, you know, like us, a lot of leagues, we have drafts right after the NFL combine and about a month before the NFL draft because we like to let it hang out, you know what I mean? Play Cause, loose. Because we're <laughs> dynasty degenerates. Yes, because we're badasses. <laughs> and uh, we're willing to take pie on our face when we're wrong. Uh, all the times I drafted Malik Willis early, we're not going to talk about that. Matt Corral. But, but generally for most people, right up until your rookie draft, if you have your rookie draft in about May, is is you know you, you have this slow climb and it kind of culminates, like it seems like right after the combine and right at the NFL draft, where these rookie picks are going to be at their highest they're ever going to be. And they're that high until somebody actually pushes the button and makes a selection on the pick. So if you're buying those picks right now, even though 23 has been hyped out of the water and we've been talking about it forever, you're still getting a discount. <laughs> you are still getting the discount versus what that's going to cost. And we just talked about it on the trade show with a Justin Herbert trade for a guy on a rebuild. Like Justin Herbert's fantastic, man. And if you can get Justin Herbert on your team, seems like a great idea. But when it costs you early draft capital in 2023 and multiple pieces, you need to be aware that what those picks will buy you come combine, come NFL draft time is completely different, completely different than what they will buy you right now, period. Yeah, no doubt. I I think obviously a lot of that is dependent on your league settings, your league mates. Um, You know, the longer your league's been around, if you understand how people move and what type of deals they're willing to make and stuff like that, right? That is dependent on your league. If you're starting nine in a lineup, you know, a guy like Justin Herbert is incredibly valuable. And not saying that yes. he's not valuable in best ball or start 13, but, you know, when you get to start 13, you, you, you have more options to replace him with in your lineup to make up for the points that he's not scoring. And on the best ball side, obviously you want to have Justin Herbert, but if you can get a plethora of assets that are worth more, you take that and you run to the bank if you listen to this show. So point is, though, when you talk about that, Mike, right? So 102, like, it, once again, we, we like to forecast. That's the entirety of why youthful players and picks are worth so much, right? When you forecast, let's talk about, like, what the 101 and 102 are. You're talking B. John Robinson, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, you know? This is in a market. If you think about the reality of things, what is the quarterback market today? You got, it's gross, it's man. not good. I mean, you got Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, who was actually ADP wise, once again, conjecture season, Mike, drafted ahead of Patrick Mahomes in ADP. Yep. yep. Because his weapons are better and Patrick Mahomes' weapons were lessened. When the reality now is that Patrick Mahomes doesn't necessarily need anyone but Travis Kelsey and Justin Herbert is dependent on weapons, right? Now you've seen Justin Herbert fall down. Point is. With all this quarterback value, once you get past 9, 10, 11, 12, 
you are going to have arguments and debates and people basically looking at you with a third eye because what the hell are we talking about with, you know, you like Kenny Pickett, you like Trey Lance, he's coming off an ankle injury. Kirk Cousins yeah. is old. Daniel Jones stinks. Bryce Young, right? C.J. Stroud, if any of these other quarterbacks creep up. B. John Robinson, I mean, you're talking about something that's going to be moved for mountains in the offseason. So, you know, picks are going to mean a lot. And I think ultimately, Mike, what I, what I think about with this is I think what I want to get to at some point, whether it's this episode or not, and, you know, depending on where you're trying to take the show, I think this is something that the more you play and the more you talk about it should be something you look to exploit. Because I actually believe that depending on what you're wanting to do with your team, this is one of the most exploitable things that the average person doesn't quite have their their hands wrapped around, their mind wrapped around, and have a pulse on. Because if you're trading four picks during the draft, if you're trading four picks right before the draft, that's not to say you still can't win the trade, but you are paying for the pick at close to premium value and then pretty much guaranteed once you press the button on a lot of the earlier picks you've already lost a little bit of value as soon as you press the button and then from there you're riding a volatile asset whether you want to believe it or not right and i think when what people don't understand about that is what i just talked about with the 23 first right now you're buying them if you're selling if you're buying from a contender who wants to sell and they are not in a spot where they have a bunch of buyers. You now have leverage and you can buy at a low price. And even if you don't want any part of the 23 rookies and you don't even want to have a rookie in your lineup, you want to be a contender at some point, you don't have to ever draft. You can simply exploit the fact that you can buy at this price, which is whatever, whatever you want to call it, 50 cents. And you can sell at a dollar, dollar fifty, before you ever pick a player if that's the way you choose to do it it it's a hundred percent correct man and we'll let you a little bit backstage peel the curtain back for adam and i this is this is why scott's incredible because we can get on with an episode of scott we don't need a show sheet we don't need to even discuss what we're talking about we we did it with eric on america's game like all four of us we're talking like in just a couple minutes before the show hey what are we talking about tonight Boom, here's the topic, and then we just go. Same kind of thing, man. This is the way our show flows. Like We just go. We just want to talk Dynasty because we're passionate about it and we play it so much. But Adam, prime example of this is what you're talking about. And this is where I'll say like in some of my leagues, I feel like the Dynasty community as a whole is getting better and getting smarter. So I'll give you an example. A couple years ago, there's a team in a 14-team start nine league who is absolutely loaded, but he leveraged everything he had, everything he had to be this loaded. Now, did it work out for him? Yeah, I think maybe he got one championship in two years. So congratulations, man. Like, if I'm in that position too, like, I'm happy with it. No matter what happens for the next four or five years, I'm playing with house money. I won the championship. The problem is... Now this guy is is desperate, desperate to start a rebuild. And he keeps offering all these good players. I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with George Kittle, man. Who doesn't love George Kittle? 
He's offering all these, and it seems like every single week he's almost begging people to take these kind of assets off him. And almost universally, the whole league, just the league dynamics, who has the picks, who has who has all the assets, like who's holding them, nobody's letting this guy rebuild. <laughs> like He's moved a few pieces here and there, and he's made his team worse. But overall, like this is going to be a bad team for a while because all these assets that he has are expiring or decreasing in value and he just can't get these draft picks. Like he just cannot get people to give him a first for George Kittle. I don't know how many times that offer has been in my inbox like give me your first for jo- uh, I'll give you George Kittle. And I'm like nah man, like I'm good. I'm good. I'm sitting on all on draft picks. I'm sitting on good assets. I'm kind of in this like year 2, year 3 of a rebuild where my team is really young, it's ascending. I'm not quite there, but it's a lineup league. So I'm like, fuck it out. You know, I'll make the playoffs and I'll play the whole variance thing, right? Like Scott's talking about, like Adiko's done some some research in lineup leagues about from like the this position, if you're the fifth seed, if you're the sixth seed, like how often you actually win a championship. I'm willing to play that variance with my team because it's young for the most part. It's ascending. It's on its way up. And I still have a shit ton of draft capital. Now, would it be great if I could push that in? Yeah. But where's the leverage, man? This guy's trying to sell contending pieces right now. And the Dynasty community as a whole, none of the other league mates are buying into it. None of them are buying the George Kittle. So if you're desperate to get off of them, I want to see how desperate you are. Because I know come, come NFL draft time, like if George Kittle's the 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 piece that I want to buy, like I think that's going to help me next year if I want to place my chips down on George Kittle and take the risk that he doesn't get suspended or hurt or the situation doesn't change for the worse and all of a sudden George Kittle's not an elite tight end anymore. I know the price I'm willing to pay come combine, come rookie draft, right? I know what I want to pay at that time. I'm not going to pay you more now. <laughs> to pay you more now so we've kind of seen this shift in the dynasty community at least in some of it but it is still highly exploitable in a lot of your average leagues like some of these leagues i'm in it's all over the place man people are selling first for god-awful players you know what i mean like we 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 see them all the time on the trade show we had someone we were talking with scott where it's like we're talking about tony pollard going for a first first. like yeah like what the fuck are you doing like why would you do this well, well, here, let me, let me say this, and I think it's important to think about this part especially, right? What Mike's talking about here really is microdynamics relative to the dynasty clock. And yes. the, the reality with that is, keep this in mind, we can talk up here, you know, Mike and I doing the 4D chess show, trying to bring value to you, and you're you may still have a bunch of questions. And, and shit, even us, we still have questions on certain things. The reality is, though, like if you ask a generic question, okay, should I trade this piece for this player, right? So in in your example here, Mike, right, if you told me your team's really good and it's roster constructed correctly and you look like you have a damn good chance to win the championship and you're going to send a late 23 first for George Kittle, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not really going to fight you, right? Like based on the dynasty clock, too, that pick is a little devalued. In a generic sense, and if your team's roster constructed correctly, in a generic sense, George Kittle could be a difference maker, albeit he's very risky, at the tight end spot, right? 
So that's where the questions and the troublesome stuff can come because Mike's talking about here, and this is something everybody's league has, and I think we need to keep this in mind. Everybody's league has microdynamics involved. In this league, this is somebody that everybody knows he wants to get off the aging assets for picks, and now they're, it's, not, it's not collusion, right? It's just, no, we're not going to let you rebuild for these aging assets that nobody wants at a premium price. We're not letting you do it, and everybody knows what you want to do, and everybody sees you coming a mile away. So the microdynamics don't necessarily allow the true aspect of the dynasty clock to happen here in Mike's league, right? And I think that's one thing that you have to keep in mind. Every piece of generic content and actionable advice as far as dynasty clock, moving picks, this, that, and the other, it is still all dependent on what's happening with the other 10 or 11 or 12 league mates you have in your league. That being said, there is still the truth of moving the clock in certain different ways. And obviously, you can play this to your advantage, what Mike's talking about. What he's going to do is, yeah, maybe George Kittle does help my team. Maybe it doesn't, but I know I don't need to give it to you now. And I know that George Kittle, at the end of the year, is going to be an asset nobody wants, where my pick is going to be an asset everybody wants because of the dynasty clock. So now because I know that, because I know the dynasty clock episode, the dynasty timing, I can play that in my hands today and work against what is the typical dynasty clock. And I think ultimately that as a, as a whole is what this episode should be about, how to understand how it operates in a generic form and how you should try to the best of your ability to exploit what the average person is going to do based on that. So you and I have talked before too about if you're building a contender, specifically with rookies, like how a couple of years ago we, we, we succumbed to last year, we succumbed to this like, man, I'm going to plug this rookie in as my wide receiver too. And then you're inevitably disappointed. <laughs> you're inevitably disappointed when he goes through rookie struggles or he has stretches of games. Like Drake London's a fantastic one. Right. Early in the season, all of a sudden he's propelled to like top five dynasty wide receiver. And now you kind of see where if you were relying on Drake London, you're in scary territory. But I say that to also say that no matter that you and I have been burned by it or you and I have have experienced this and, and we preach like, don't rely on these guys, like, you know, keep this kind of level headed approach to it. Even you and I, if you were to look at our dynasty rankings from June, July, August, Adam, I guarantee we had way too many rookies overranked, right? Even subconsciously, when we're looking at like how we would value these guys, even you and I move them up. Maybe it's only two, three, four, five spots above where they should actually be. But if you look at them, you go like, even us are susceptible to the dynasty clock, to these ebbs and flows of dynasty value where we go like, yeah, man, I would take this guy in the fourth round of a startup. And now you look at it and you go, why the hell would I have ever done that? Why? What was the play behind this? Well, but here's the thing about that, right? And this is what makes, okay, see here what Mike just talked about is what makes rankings so exploitable and also so troublesome to do on the opposite end. Like when Mike and I do them, you know, Destination Devi is going to have some dope rankings for you and it's going to be elaborate. 
And some me, of the smartest fucking people in the dynasty space doing dynasty ranks. I can't wait for this. But 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 let me tell you what makes it so troublesome though, right? So when I rank, regardless, when you rank generic rankings, and let's even just use a position before we get into the fact that you convolute positional rankings overall, right? Go. Yep. Let's even just stay at one position group, wide receiver. So in the summer, you, I, I'm I'm partly banking basing my rankings off of the fact that this is what value says. So I, I inherently have to put Drake London ahead because it's what the value says. If I, in the summer, if I put him down because I think that, you know, he's not going to smash or Mariota's his quarterback or the, the yeah. situation's not great, you're going to be looked at as an idiot. And it's not even, I could care less about that. The bigger problem is now I'm telling people that look at my rankings, you should take this for that. When that's actually not the case based on value, right? Because even if you want to pivot off of Drake London, you should get more than going down to X player who's more of a veteran. Market tells you you should get more. So, so the point is that that's what makes it so troublesome and also what makes it so hard to truly do a ranking of generic rankings that are not contender and rebuilder. Because you have to blend the two together without understanding of your build, what you want to do with your team. And so in startups, when you talk about that, right, think about this, Dynasty Degenerates. I want you to think about this. With startups, when you take Drake London in the fourth, there's a risk there, right? Because you're saying, I believe so much in this talent and in wide receivers that he's going to ascend. But there's not a whole lot he can ascend to there, and there's probably risk he could go down, whether it's injury, poor performance, bad quarterback play, all this but what, what's the difference in startup, Mike, is if I take Drake Leonard in the fourth, even knowing all that, I'm still flexible at that point more than likely, right? I can say yeah. I'm taking Drake Leonard in the fourth knowing it's not necessarily a value-gaining asset more than likely, maybe a little bit, but it's not going to be a massive value leap. But when I take him there, right, I'm also not picking a direction necessarily just yet. And in the fifth, if my league is taking assets that are older – okay, maybe I lean more into the youthful side. My, my window's not this year or next year. It's the following, whatever. But the, the point is then, if here, here's what you don't want to do to get the dynasty clock back involved in this. You're in the fourth round of a startup. You haven't picked a direction. But if, but if your league's already gone down, right, and you have a pick, and let's say you take Drake London at 104. You couldn't move it as a contender, and you had the 104 from someone else. You shouldn't even be doing that. And if you do, what should you be doing? Moving Drake London at a pretty good value, even though he could ascend, right? Because he, he, he could, l l let's say he had a different quarterback. I mean, Chris Olave smashing with Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston, right? Like, there's, yeah. a, there's a scenario where that happens. But if you can move him off for an asset that's a little more devalued, you know, like Amon Ross St. Brown plus a first and, and change, ultimately – utilizing all this information to make the right move so that you're not getting the volatility of a rookie on your contending team and you're moving off of him at the right point. I think, I think these are things that you're not going to hit all those hundred percent, but utilizing this information to help you make those transactions, I think are really key. So let's talk about too, like we have a real world scenario where we can talk about how the dynasty clock is actually pertinent you remember a startup we did probably back in March. Um, we did it with some patrons. 
I ended up taking Malik Willis in the early part of the third round in a startup that we did, right? The mm-hmm. early part of a third round. Mm-hmm. And this is where we're thinking, like, Malik Willis is going to be a first-round pick. He's going to be the first quarterback off the board. A lot of people had him as the 101 in rookie drafts or at least the 102. I took him there because of value. But the pivot I made is, who's the highest value player at this time? So the, the deal ended up being Malik Willis for Alvin Kamara and Darren Waller. Now, I think it, it that was the end result. But basically, it was like I traded my third-round startup pick, which happened to be Malik Willis, who had already taken at that time, for this guy's uh, fifth and sixth-round startups or sixth and seventh-round startups, whatever the case may be. But at the time, I'm looking at dynasty value and where we value Malik Willis and where we're trying to get this whole thing and rookies, and this is a part of the dynasty clock where these young guys are ascending. And I'm thinking, like, if I trade back, I can get some older guys and build more of a competitive team. Like, these guys are devalued. You know, they're going in the fifth or the sixth round, whatever the case may be. And it's best ball league, right? So, like, the lead dynamics are in play as well. Think about how many different outs you have, okay? So, let's have the hypothetical scenario. Malik Willis is a first-round pick. He is a first-round NFL pick. You're going to have to use out. your creative uh, imagination here because you just saw him look pretty yeah. bad, right? Yeah. Five he is to a 16 and 80 pick. yards. And maybe he's not smashing. Maybe he's like uh, Kenny Pickett, okay? Mm-hmm. If this guy's on a rebuild, if this guy's on a productive struggle, Adam, do you think there's any scenario, like put yourself in the shoes. If you had Malik Willis, just insert like Kenny Pickett in this situation. You had Malik Willis. Okay. You already know what you've invested in him. You believe in him, obviously. If I came to you today and I was like, I'll give you Darren Waller and Alvin Kamara for your Malik Willis, as much as you like, you want to look at it and you want to go like, hey, dynasty value, you know, I could flip this, flip that. There's going to be a part of you where it says like, no, <laughs> no, like I don't want to take this on, mm-hmm. even though it's probably a win for me. I don't want to have to do more moving pieces and then move this for more liquidity. I, I, my buyers are now limited to like, I can only sell these dudes to contenders. Like all that stuff comes into play. Right. Right. So there's one scenario where that trade makes sense for the other side, but think of all the negatives that come on the opposite side, all the outs that you have for being wrong. One, you're doing it in March before we know the draft capital of these guys. (laughs) You're doing it in March before you know the situation the team that they end up on, the coaching staff, whether they're the starter, you have all this time for them to get injured. Even rookies, man, like we we have seen, we saw people pay to move up to draft Travis Etienne in his rookie year and just got absolutely blasted in value when he, when he breaks his foot and he misses his whole rookie year. Now, if you had the wherewithal and the patience to go like, I'm not moving them. I'm just going to sit on it. I'm going to eat it. You've been you've been rewarded. But it's taken it's taken a full calendar year to get back in more than that. And, and some because James Robinson took work for two weeks heavily. You have all those negatives going against you. So when we talk about dynasty timing, it influences everything that you should be doing at the time. So let's talk about it for a team that wants to compete in 2023, Adam. We get to this rookie hype season this rookie build season for you are you investing in vets at that time that you think are devalued 
and and coincidentally your your rookie your draft capital is also inflated like it's building it's building well, like right. this is what everyone wants mm-hmm. are you making these moves well, at this time so, so let me say this the answer prop the answer by and large is going to be yes but it's also based on what i'm trying to do and what my my timing is for my team the clock is for my team right so here's what i think is not built in for a lot of people when they think about draft picks and i think this is something when you know scott talks about leverage when we talk about hoarding picks you know we talk about the qb hoard in the startup everything should really be played on what am i doing and how is this that i'm actually drafting or trading for what is my angle here to leverage because the reality with picks is this and and this is also something that people are susceptible to in the season that are hoarding picks they see you know first three weeks Jahan Dotson looks great oh man I wish I had Jahan Dotson he fit my build perfectly right yeah I'm sitting all these picks but I don't know what I'm going to do with them uh, let me get Jahan Dotson I have enough to consolidate to him so you you know trade two picks away even if it doesn't seem like a horrible trade for Jahan Dotson but you're giving up your leverage see here's the thing leverage understand this the most leverageable asset in all of dynasty is a draft pick it is the only finite asset that exists think about quarterback we, we talk about how incredibly scarce quarterback is geno smith exists whether <laughs> you want to fucking believe it or not he exists jimmy g who was gonna have no team and have to back up all year exists what that basically means in in the draft world is like a random 113, 114, 115, 116 just came out of nowhere and just jumped into the draft. That's not how it works with draft picks. One pick for every player in the league, in every round. There's 12 first-round picks if you have a 12-team league. There's not a 13th coming. There's not an 18th coming. Those are second-round picks that also go to the one team. So if you have a quarter or a third or a half, you don't just have six picks if you have a half of 12 you don't you have a leverage piece you have half of the first round picks that do not exist so that what does that do that creates leverage and why is that such a big deal because think about if you have half of the first round picks for example because mike this is a long-winded way to answer this but i think it's important to talk about if you have half of the first round picks that means that half of the teams in your league don't have their first round pick right so now what happens? Yep. yep. All these teams that probably were hoping to contend when they traded away their first, they didn't all win the championship. I got news for you. Only one of them won the ship and only one of them lost in the ship. So guess what? They're panicking. I lost in the first round of the playoffs. I missed the playoffs. I got re- to retool this whole fucking thing. Guess who's sitting on all those picks? You. Guess who's pick value has risen significantly you you and guess what else those assets that are troublesome that either underperformed or getting older i mean even travis kelsey who has never underperformed and is getting older is is a dip you you have all that leverage now and when you decide for yourself now's my time to go win or i'm on the border that's when you should absolutely be utilizing that leverage to get to players that are being devalued because football is six months away. Now, 
even in a scenario if you're not contending, this is this I don't want to talk about as much, but you can still do the same thing and basically re-roll for double down the road. You can basically take someone that's trying to contend that doesn't have a pick to give you their 24 first and 24 second for your 23, 23 first at the right time. You can still placate the trade value and your leverage with, even if you don't want the older asset just yet because you're not ready to contend. But absolutely the question that you asked should be answered yes because at that time, there's a chance that the player you draft goes up in value. Absolutely. But understand that you've ri- you've rode value up and you're able to get out for peak value and also probably get players coming off of the dip that are devalued because of age. We we have talked about that before too, where it's just I've done it multiple times and you we could talk about it now and it doesn't seem like it's gonna happen, but it happens every year across multiple leagues. Like I get it, most leagues are individual and there's the micro dynamics that go on, but even where you're talking about that situation where like maybe I have the one oh seven and I'm looking at the players and I'm going like, you know what? Like, I like the players in this range, and if you make me make the pick, I guess I have to. But how many times has somebody come to me and been like, you know what, I'll give you a 24 first, and I'll give you my 24 second, you know, or future years. So if we did this in the past, you know, if I'm in the 21 class, somebody's like, I'll give you my 22 first and my 22 second. And then we go through an NFL season, we go through a fantasy season, and all of a sudden that pick, the 107 that I traded away, Maybe that player doesn't hit. Maybe that player doesn't smash or doesn't ascend a whole lot in dynasty value. Maybe they kind of stay flat from where they were. But I look at that pick and so many bad things happen to this team. And all of a sudden I'm sitting on something that's the the next year's like 102 and the 202. And it's like, how the hell did you swindle this? Well, I had the wherewithal. I had all this leverage where I'm willing to let this pick go and make the bet down the road and gain more liquidity. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting here and I'm going like, hell yeah, like that player that you took at the 107, even if they did smash, a lot of times I'm looking like, yeah, I'll take the 102 and the 202 in this year's class. Like even if I don't make those picks, maybe I trade that away for a 24 and a 25 pick, you know, going down the road. So anything anything can happen with that dynasty timing where you just kind of roll with the punches, you know what I mean? And kind of feel out what your league wants to do. Keep your leverage. I know so many people, you're talking about all those scenarios of people where they come to us and they go like, I have all these picks. I want to consolidate into this asset or I really like Drake London. I'm not here to say like, don't go buy player X if that's what you really like, but just understand the pitfalls of it. Come draft time, that deal's still going to be around right? That deal is still going to be available to you. And the price might actually be less. You know what I mean? Like if Drake London, we'll use him as an example, doesn't pick it up towards the end of the year, doesn't smash, doesn't explode. He doesn't have a quarterback yet. And you're looking at somewhere around the combine. Like it hasn't, they haven't drafted a guy, right? They haven't signed somebody in free agency or whatever the case may be at this point. You're looking at it and going like, you know what? I'd really like Drake London. Well, people are going to look at the picks that you're offering now and going like, you know what? I want a place at the table. I don't have any picks. 
I want to get into this rookie draft coming up. I don't want to just sit there on my fucking hands and just watch everybody else make all these fancy picks. There's nothing else to do in Dynasty right now but trade and and make rookie picks. I want to be a part of the equation. Fuck Drake London. You can have him. Give me your 109. <laughs> give me your your 110. Give me give me your 201 and give me your your 206. Like Drake London, I don't think he's it. At that time, that is the time where I'm willing to pounce. You know what I mean? Like I'm willing to push some of that leverage in and buy plays that I really want. Right now, week 10 is not the time for me. Like if I'm sitting on a horde of draft picks, Adam, I'm I'm diamond handing these motherfuckers. Like it has to be an offer that comes to me where it's just so over the top. It's so over the top. Like I have a projected mid-second and people are like, I'll give you Drake London right now for that pick. <laughs> Boom. Right. Well, Say less, out the door, gone. But if I've got if I got a first round pick, I've got like four or five of them, and people are coming to me going, like, I'll give you Drake London. I'm like, I'm not in it. I'm not willing to place my bets that nothing bad happens to Drake London and he actually increases in value, no matter how much I like him, no matter how much I'm a fan of him, I can't do it right now. I just can't. I have no reason to. I built up this leverage for a damn reason, and by God, I am going to hold on to it until the proper time that you actually value my assets and my leverage that I have. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I think, too, think about this. Part of, you know, we do the trade show, right? We do the Dynasty trade show. Uh, You know, Scott does Dynasty trades in five. There's so many people that will give you their advice on trades and obviously every day you know dynasty the generous you're thinking about what i'm trading for you you, you're talking about a million different trades and different leagues that everybody is thinking about doing and when you ask a question you know let's talk about this and let's try to best we can think about dynasty timing so before the season started but it's around the corner right let's talk about like august if you were a team that has Drake London and someone was saying, I'll give you a first and a second random ones, maybe even have the chance to be late at that point in time. You're thinking now, why would I do that? This is the wide receiver one in the class. This is, you know, this smash asset. So, so in a generic sense, when you answer the question, Drake London or a 23 first and a 23 second that are late at that point, the large majority of people are going to say generically Drake London. Right, we're getting ready to play the football season. High pick with Kyle Pitts, you know, guy that just smashed Ridley's out of town. All the hype's there. The twenty-three class is that's not till next year. Here's what's not thought about enough in trades like that to talk about dynasty timing. What you currently have going on, because here's the thing, right? Even if you really like Drake London and you love what he has as far as future potential and ascension and where he's going to be think about it this way what's your team look like and do you already have three picks in 23 do you already have a nice little play now here's the problem mike with that and dynasty of when you think about this the problem is when you say oh well i already got two 23 picks i don't need another 23 pick i already got three why would i take drake london here i can just roll with drake london but now you'll have four and maybe two or three seconds now you're controlling not just you know, 33% of the first round, 
but you might be controlling 33% of the entire first two rounds, the premium picks in the draft. That's actually something that should be added advantage to you taking one, a multitude of assets that have a chance in value ascension versus one, and two, playing into your leverage piece down the road. Even if you still want to contend right now with Drake London, you now have four 23 first versus three, which you can dangle in front of somebody that's has a failed contender. It's like, gosh, I need a pick. You can use all this dynasty timing to your advantage with what you have going on. And I think the hardest thing to do here when we talk about dynasty timing, one of the things I want to leave you with is this. You have to try your best to detach yourself from names and what's happening in the timing, right? Because let's call it what it is. Let me give you a perfect example of where I've gone with this polar opposites and, you know, how I've had to try to move myself from a certain player I liked in the preseason back and forth. Now, this doesn't say I get everything right, but I'm just using this as one example. George Pickens. George Pickens was somebody during the pre-draft process I was very high on. Like, he looks healthy. Let's get it going. Once the top prospect in this class does everything you want to see. He played in that game, in, in the bowl game. Okay, liking it. Then he gets second-round draft capital to a team that we think constantly drafts receivers and does well with them. But Chase Claypool was there. Deontay Johnson was there. Pat Fryermuth was there. Najee Harris was there. That's a bad That's a bad landing spot. Like, maybe he'll, you know, come onto the scene later. But, no, we don't like that. So now, dynasty timing went from this asset, when you think about was healthy, the top asset in the class gets hurt, comes back. All right, now we're kind of liking him again. Gets drafted. We don't like his landing spot. Suppressed. This is a second-round pick across the board in Superflex 12-team leagues. During the season. Early. Uh, preseason hits. People start to see George Pickens and the highlights, and he starts to get a little bit of a value ascension, right? Now, all of a sudden, the season comes around. He makes some splash plays. He makes a one-handed catch. He's a top 15 wide receiver in Dynasty. Come yeah. on. We, we saw it. He's got that dog in him. Right? Like, just think about the ebbs and flows of the Dynasty time. And, and now, the hardest part is this, because that's, the, that's what is the reality of playing any game and being a human is the human element. The human element tells you when he goes to a bad landing spot that you don't like to take his value down. When you see him in preseason do well, you get excited because he's young and he's a he's a prospect we've liked in the past. You see him make a one-handed catch and he's starting to take target share and Chase Claypool gets traded away. You get way over your skis. If you can do the best you can at detaching yourself from the value of just the name, right? That George Pickens and what he did in a couple plays and think more in the strategy piece of 4D chess, like Scott talks about on Destination dynasty what do the hit rates look like how can i leverage these pieces and you think more about it from that lens you can utilize the dynasty timing and clock versus the human element to your advantage a lot of times just be ready and understand that criticism may come your way because the human element is in the moment where you're not very true man to wrap the whole thing up for me just to keep it as generic and basic as possible league dynamics the micro dynamics you know your team direction all that stuff comes into play 
But generally on the dynasty clock, Adam, when I'm looking at it from like August through right up until about week 14, week 15, when the fantasy playoffs start, if you don't have a trade deadline, which I think every dynasty league shouldn't, it's fucking dynasty. You can trade whenever. This is just my personal opinion. During that time, man, generally I'm buying picks. I'm buying picks and I'm selling on anything that's getting super crazy valuable. Like if it's going up there, I love Kenneth Walker to death. This fucking show told you to draft Kenneth Walker at two everywhere. <laughs> we did the whole show about it. Kenneth Walker has reached that point where it doesn't matter what kind of team I'm really on. If you give me an offer for Kenneth Walker, out the door, man. Give me the picks because I know what 23 and 24 is coming. Well, he's no I, longer I, he's no longer two in the 22 class, Mike, because he's RB1 <laughs> in the entire dynasty <laughs> landscape. So, yeah, um, we talk about trading people when they're on their peak. So, so during this time, man, I'm buying picks. Now, towards the end of the season, right, I'm looking at my future rosters. If, if the... If the ability to buy like some of these low key vets, you know what I mean? Like these guys who are, you know, I'm like, you know, this guy's hitting free agency. He might, he might sign somewhere else and be the starting running back. Like if I could buy these dudes for like fourth round picks, by all means, man, it's a fourth round pick. I don't give a shit. I'm going to push that stuff in. <laughs> that, that's my dynasty timing. I'll go ahead and I'll make speculative buys because these don't cost me nothing. From the time that we get to the off season, Usually about February, right? When we really start getting into senior senior bowl is a perfect one because that's almost like the the unofficial kickoff to like rookie hype season is the fucking senior bowl, right? We get to the senior bowl. From that time on, I'm looking and I'm gauging the interest of my market, my league in these picks that I've accrued. What's the interest? What do people want? Do they want to be part of the show? So for me during that time, I'm looking for vets who are undervalued, vets that I think are safe, vets that I think aren't going to have a injury problem or vets that I don't think are going to have a situation change where it's going to be so drastic where I go like, geez, these dudes are worth nothing now. At that time, I'm trying to leverage. You talked about it, that word, leverage. I'm trying to leverage the draft capital I have to build my teams up for August, September, October. This is what I'm trying to position myself for because I know my picks are valued correctly. My picks are valued at a high and these vets, nobody cares about. Nobody wants them. Everybody wants to be part of the show. They want the new thing incoming. And pretty much from that time all the way forward, even on some of the guys that I draft, you know, in May, the early part of May, those guys, I'm selling on rookie hype season. I'm selling on rookie mini camp i'm selling on preseason like you were talking about with george pickens like, like if you're gonna let me get out of this dude already cool i'll take your 24 first even though it may be two years out i'll take that some bitch right now <laughs> like if g i'm making the bet that gp doesn't smashes doesn't smash if he does great good on you you got one on me but i'm gonna cash out at 80 90 value Generally, about July, at least for me on the dynasty clock, right before the redraft, and we see those giant swings in ADP, that is like prime season for me to buy pieces for my team right now. Like pieces that I know, hey, we're only, you know, we're only a month away from the season. It's about to kick off. 
Let me go buy a couple of these guys. Let me sell the George Pickens of the world. Let me sell these guys. Get me real contender pieces that I know are going to produce out the gate for me. And and then we start the whole cycle all over again, baby. <laughs> like my vets go, my vets go to the moon and the draft picks go in the tank. And boom, I'm right back to buying draft picks again when I see the value low. So it is just this cycle over and over. And 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 yes, league dynamics, your micro dynamics play into it, like we were talking about earlier, with a guy who wants to rebuild, but nobody's gonna let him rebuild. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I know what my draft picks are worth. I ain't giving them to you now. Like, I have no reason to. So that's my final thoughts. Just some generic takeaways about the Dynasty clock. I love this episode, man. I love talking about Dynasty. I'm passionate about it. And it is such a a thing where this ebb and flow of Dynasty value is all the time. And Adam, and I truly mean it, even I get susceptible to it right because we start getting into these podcasts that we're going to be doing in january and february and we're going to be talking about this guy's going round one you need to get this quarterback we're going to find the next kenneth walker that we're going to plant our flag on or possibly be wrong you know first ever fucking episode of 40 chess we're talking about y'all disrespected the 2022 quarterback class you're gonna want all the malik willis and sam howe you're gonna want all these dudes you're gonna you're gonna laugh at your league mates when you take carson strong at the top part of the second round even us we get susceptible to it but it is the dynasty clock and you need to be aware of it and you need to use it to your advantage yeah absolutely and also make sure you know like mike said everybody's susceptible to it gosh if i could tell you how many trades and times i've looked back in two weeks let alone a few months and been like man what was i thinking or man i I thought this guy was going to get draft capital and he's a fifth round quarterback going to washington and now he can't even get on the field when Carson Wentz isn't playing, and Taylor Heineke isn't winning games. It's drive you know, that dagger in, buddy. Just twist it right in my heart. Listen, it's you act like I didn't take any Sam House. Ain't just to you. <laughs> Come on, man. Like it's the reality. But everybody's gonna miss. Everybody's gonna be susceptible to it. But the, but the reality is, if you can think about it and learn to, in your own way, get uncomfortable in this stuff. Right. Be comfortable being uncomfortable with doing something you're not accustomed to and not just going with the easy, oh man, George Pickens has that dog in him. He's young. He's this great prospect. Listen, yeah, everybody wants George Pickens once they start seeing him do well and have one-handed catches. And it's not saying that you don't still want him on your team then, but when the value goes up because everybody else wants him, is that worth it for you to put him on your team then? Right? And ultimately think about Detaching yourself from the dynasty clock, which truly everybody operates on, and thinking of basically zigging when everybody else is zagging. Because why? There's value possibly, and everybody else values George Pickens crazily high, even if he was a flagship person for you. You might be able to trade off of him and get a better haul in return. It took me a while. Let's talk about me for a second before we get out of here. Dynasty's timing in the clock. Kenneth Walker was a flagship for me, right? He was one of the guys I planted my flag on. So when he rises to this great running back that I said I called, I have a hard time detaching myself from that and being like, okay, you know what, though? 
Yeah, he's smashing for your contenders, and you called it. But golly, man, you didn't call this. You didn't call RB1. You don't believe RB1's real. Great, you called it, but it's time to move it. And you hardly <laughs> got to enjoy it, but it's time to move it, right? And I think that's the part that's, tr- that's troublesome. It's like, I, but I just got this. I, I got, This is my call. I got it for two weeks. But yeah, but it's time to move it. It's time to move it, right? Like, that's not fun. Well, it's not always fun. Life isn't always fun. You know, you got to make sometimes the moves that don't feel the sexiest at the time for value for your team long term because Dynasty does not sleep. And for you, you should be utilizing the clock that also doesn't sleep in Dynasty and will not change. It may People may adapt to it differently, but the reality is the combine's the same every year. The draft's the same every year. The season starts the same every year. The season ends the same every year. The Super Bowl is the same every year. And that clock is the same. What you do, what your league mates do, that varies. But understanding how it works and utilizing that to your advantage, that is definitely a piece of 40 chess. Dynasty degenerates. I just love saying that. I hope we helped you out again. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for choosing us to listen to. Uh, For those of you diehards who just make it through every episode all the way to the end, I can't thank you enough. I get the feedback. I see all the praise that you heap on us. I still can't believe it's real. I still can't believe that you tune into us too. From where we started to where we are now, it is incredible. Thank you so much. Hope this episode helped, and I still hope you can find those edges, those slight edges in your league to keep taking advantage of them because nothing I love to see more, especially when we do the trade show or we hear about all these crazy deals that y'all are pulling off or all the championships that y'all are about to win. Nothing makes me happier, man. This is what I do it for. It's incredible. So thank you again for another episode tuning in. We're going to keep coming back. We're going to keep coming back. Same time, same place, same channel every single week. That's all I got, man. Adam, you know what to do. Hit it. Make sure make sure you tap into the newsletter and make sure you are setting your alarm clock on your dynasty clock. And just remember, <laughs> when your league mates are playing chess, play 40 chess. That's going to do it. We're out of here. Peace. Peace. Peace.